how are you this fine Sunday um, afternoon for you? I ate too much popcorn and I don't feel good. Hmm, I can take some of that off your hands. I wish you would go back in time and tell me that I only needed one bag of popcorn. <laughs> Wait, you made more than one bag? Yeah, yeah. Who were who you sharing with, Maddie? <sighs> well, sometimes my mental illness makes me have auditory hallucinations, so it's kind of like there's two of me. Uh, well, that is a lot of popcorn, I have to admit. <laughs> Halfway through the second bag, I was like, I don't think I could do this, but I'm not a quitter. So I just kind of. You aren't a quitter. That's why we wouldn't still be doing this podcast if you were a quitter. We took a pretty long break that one time. What was it, like two weeks? Oh, no, it was like a month. Was it really? Yeah, it was all of Aries season. Yeah, you're right. Man, time really gets away from you. Yep. But we're back. We're back. And better than ever uh i'm worse than ever but yeah um do you want to tell me about it yeah okay so this is um <laughs> this Lay is uh, what, what's becoming a recurring segment mm-hmm. uh this is do review oh the segment where where i talk about mountain do too much <laughs> I don't even like Mountain Dew that much, but I'm somehow this has become my brand. Listeners, um, if you don't know, Colin has committed a treacherous, treacherous. Uh, so if you la- listen to the podcast episode from two weeks ago, I explained how I, for the first time in my life, partook of Baja Blast. Mm-hmm. And then we discussed some other flavors of Mountain Dew that were not as good as Baja Blast, including mm-hmm. uh, Major Melon and um, Flamin' Hot, the new flavor that is Mountain Dew, but with Flamin' Hot flavor in it. Yeah. At the time we recorded it, Flamin' Hot was like fairly hard to get your hands on because it had been at one point a limited run. Mm-hmm. I see it everywhere now. It really is. It's like funny. it's like the flaming hot truck came to Boston and gave a gave an entire like an entire forty eight pack to every convenience store, every corner store, every every grocery store. Because everywhere I go, I see a full stack of Mountain Dew flaming hot. Because no one's buying them, of course. There is an overflow of it. They produce too much. Yeah. I say no one's buying it, but I did in fact buy it. Is is where I'm going with this. You really did support their business. I did. did. I'm not going to let Mountain Dew's mistake of Mm -hmm. making this abomination... Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let it be the loss of the good, the, the good people at the corner store whose name I won't dock. I won't dox myself by saying the name of the, my the store on the corner of my street. Yeah, we don't want death threats. <laughs> and you know I'd be getting them. Yep. Uh, but no, I was I was not 
gonna let them suffer for 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 Mountain Dew's decision. So I took the suffering from them mm-hmm. by purchasing one bottle. I didn't buy. There are a lot more bottles. Let me tell you, but this is what I, I'm doing. My part, which is to clean up Boston. To clean up, I'm doing my part to clean up Boston of this nasty garbage that's all over the <laughs> that's all over the place. Um, and you know what? If there if there is anyone listening to this podcast who hasn't already heard my take either on uh, Twitter or or the Facebook thread uh, that Kennedy, I think mm-hmm. it was Kennedy. Yes. Um, it's just disappointingly, eh, whatever. Like it's just it's not even that bad that it mm-hmm. was like oh, this was atrocious. That was a fun experience to do something so awful. It was just not even on your radar. Like, it was a forgettable experience. It was definitely a negative experience, but not in in an impressive... It was not a negative in an impressive way. Mm -hmm. It was just like, this is like if you made Mountain Dew a little bit worse. (laughs) Um... My description of it, and this is the best description I've come up with in like over a week of people asking me what it's been like. Mm -hmm. It really is just like normal Mountain Dew, but you're just a tiny bit allergic to it is what (laughs) is is what it is like. It just puts a tiny little tingle in your throat. Oh, that's a good feeling. Yeah. And it's the kind of tingle like you're not deathly allergic, like you know you can you can eat it mm-hmm. and you if sure can you like you know i can i can have a little bit of food i'm allergic to as a treat but if boy, it you- were a treat but it's not you can just get the perfectly equivalent mountain dew product without the allergy mm-hmm. and that product is called mountain dew mm-hmm and it's easier to find, less expensive. It was expensive. No, I mean it was like two fifty, but Boo. it wasn't wasn't uh, cheap. Uh, more expensive than tap water, that. and I would prefer tap water. Sorry, to... tap water like from the faucet. Are you not a tap water drinker? I drink filtered water. They ain't got tap water that's healthy out west. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, I live in the Central Valley of California, and our water is constantly contaminated with, like, high levels of, like, fluoride and sulfur. So we actually call it egg water because when you pour a glass of water from the tap, it just smells like eggs. So, no, I don't drink water out of the faucet. Ah, well, here in in scenic Boston, Massachusetts, we get all our water from the from the Quabbin Reservoir. It's super clean, very tasty, mm-hmm. no complaints, very healthy. I bet it Just has some like, in it. I, good. Pump me full of this stuff. <laughs> it makes me strong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did go on one other while we're speaking of Mountain Dew. I did go on another uh, 
do venture just the mm-hmm. other day uh i saw spark which spark. i didn't know what spark was on site but it was a delightful pink color mm-hmm. um and it's raspberry lemonade zero percent zero percent juice yeah it was good i'm a fan i liked it it's a mountain dew flavor it's a mountain dew fit flavor it's called mountain dew spark that actually does sound very refreshing and it's like the one they don't even try to come up with like a clever name for it it's just spark that's spark yeah it's like it could be a real drink Mm mm-hmm and it was. I was totally pleasant. I loved it. I'm going to have to keep my eyeballs peeled for that one now. Yeah, bright pink. It's got like kind of ye- of a yellow packaging. Mm-hmm. Pink and yellow. What is it with drinks that are brightly colored that are just enticing? Uh, like, is that the, monkey brain? Is that yeah, that's, brain? that is for sure. I think it's, I think it's got to be primate brain. Um, monkey brain. I mean, maybe it's just baby. Maybe it's just baby brain. Like we want to get our shapes and colors. We do want our shapes and colors. We need, we need shapes and colors in our lives. We crave so shapes and colors. When I see when I see something that's pink, when I see something that's round, my neurons activate. I say that right there is my friend Kirby. Oh, that's Jigglypuff. I'm a big fan of Jigglypuff too. Mm-hmm. it's just all I, I it might just be baby brain now can Which i you ask know you? more about than me excuse uh, yes. you. ask your question okay so kirby's thing is he eats you and then he gets your superpower uh yeah well he's never eaten me before but yes in theory yes okay so if kirby were to eat you what power oh. is he absorbing <laughs> And what cool hat would he wear? Um, (laughs) Because he also gets their hats. He gets, oh my goodness. And their hairdo. No, he just suddenly sprouts like a red colored beard. Ooh, that would be cool. Um, I think he wears a beard in Super Smash Brothers if he swallows Snake. I think he gets a beard. But I'm not totally sure on that. Maybe it's just maybe he just gets the bandana. Anyway, um, if he if Kirby bored me, yeah, I I didn't I knew that you would say that word. I didn't want to be the one to do it. <laughs> if Kirby inhaled me, and we mm-hmm. don't know what where those unfortunate creatures go, maybe it's great. Maybe it's awesome in there. Maybe it's like the fields of um, Elysium, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you did get that word first try. I, I, I want to admire you for that. Um, Thank you. Kirby would get, yeah, get a big uh, reddish brown beard. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, some wavy locks. Mm-hmm. And Kirby would, um, Kirby's new power, they're called copy abilities because he copies you. Mm-hmm. Kirby's copy ability for consuming me would be 
you know, maybe it's a boring, predictable answer, but probably just can read, read ancient languages. Why is that a boring answer? Well, I just feel like it's so predictable whenever, when everyone's like, oh, what would Collins thing be? Oh, probably reading ancient languages or something. Okay, but how many times have you watched movies like not like not Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, but movies like that where they're like, if only we knew what this says. And then someone in the background is like, um, I actually speak that ancient dead language and I can read that perfectly. And it's like, that is true. Came it in does clip. happen. Yeah. yeah. It happens in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Exactly. Um. You're it's the only movie I've ever seen, but um, yeah, you're right. You're right. I do have that power. Yeah. Um, and so does Kirby. If Kirby ever uh, inhales me, I won't use the V word for your sanity. Thank you, because I am a baby. You are, which is why you love Mountain Dew Sparks so much. As soon as I get my grubby little baby hands on that, it's over. Yeah, but do be do be careful. Um, I don't know how much carbonation babies uh, are allowed to have. Uh, you know what? Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> You'll be the test subject. Um, what what would your uh, Kirby ability be? Um, either just straight intimidation or like the ability to fall asleep anywhere, anytime, no matter the situation. Mm. The intimidation is an interesting angle. Like I like the idea. Like I imagine Kirby would grow like some, some amazing purple hair now mm -hmm. and also like impeccable brows. Oh, thank you. Uh, and yeah it would make everybody run away i like that i will say there is a, an existing kirby copy ability uh called sleep mm -hmm. and when kirby when kirby inhales a sleeping enemy he too falls asleep and he he wears one of those little nightcaps uh with the little dingle thing on it yeah with the little <laughs> the, the, oh it's very cute. It's not, you know, I have to admit, not the most effective for combat purposes. But, but yeah. it's a look. What's the um, Kirby sleep copy ability? Let's look it up. Yep, he gets a little uh, a little cap with, um, uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the game, but <gasps> purple and yellow polka dots. Oh my goodness, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and um, you can get this uh, if you look up Kirby Naughty, N-O-D-D-Y, that's the enemy that you get sleep from if you, if you consume this poor innocent creature when they're sleeping. They look basically just like Kirby, but a little maybe tinier and no arms. Kirby has arms? Kirby does have arms. Well, they're kind of like wings. I mean, they're just little pink nubs. Oh, okay. Now, have you ever seen that illustration of Kirby taking off his shoes? Um, Kirby taking off shoes. Yep, and he Google just Google search listeners. Oh, yeah. I I think I've seen this. Yep. 
I wish I haven't. I, I blocked this memory out. Those Bigfoot's not real, but Kirby is. He's just walking around the woods like that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Hate hate that you showed me this. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna wash this away with with one last Kirby bit of Kirby trivia. Okay. Here's my favorite Kirby character slash enemy. Well, no, I do like Waddle Dee's a lot. They're probably my favorite characters. But uh, Sir Kibble. Mm-hmm. Sir Kibble is just a dude in armor, but his name is Sir Kibble, and I'm a big fan. That's all I have to say about that. I, I'm I'm wiping away the stain of of that memory with with the wholesomeness of Sir Kibble. And oh, there's plenty more gloves. where that came from. There's plenty more where that came from. Well, why don't <laughs> do you do you have a cryptid for me? Um. So, actually, you want to know what's really funny is uh, I was listening to this podcast called strangeology and uh the guy went to like a cryptid this is just like i was like wow how funny like i had never ever heard of the loveland frogman before in my life and then Uh literally the next day i picked this random podcast that i found off of tiktok and the guy was talking about how he went to wherever loveland is and there was like a cryptid con and um Mm -hmm. in ohio yeah in ohio and they had people that were like representing the Loveland frogman and an interesting part he said they added to the story is there was supposedly a sighting where it was three frogmen and they were holding wands shooting sparks above their heads oh i know i didn't hear about this one i admit yeah a trio of frogmen yeah, and they had wands. With wands, shooting yeah. sparks. Hopefully not trying to set a forest fire. Well, if it wasn't, well, we never know. Did the did the did the Loveland frogmen need to be stopped? Well, or were these some nasty teens up to no good dressing up as frogs? And terrorizing the neighborhood with their sparklers on the 4th of July. See, here's, I would like to know what traumatic event happened in those teenagers' lives to where their outlet was, hey, let's dress up as frogs and then shoot up some sparklers. Um, I mean, I can tell you that. The, the traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Was it seeing Kirby's feet? No, no, um, no. Loveland Frogman stole their mom. Oh well. Mom saw Loveland Frogman and said, "Forget about my children. Mm-hmm. All I care about is nurturing this creature, this miracle of nature, a frog that's also a man." But if you kiss him, does he turn into a full frog or a full man? I mean. No, if you kiss him, you turn into a frogman too. That's why there are so many of them. That's why they're multiplying. Even better. Who wouldn't People. want to be a frogman? I sure, I sure do. I can tell you that right now. 
Uh, to be a frogman traveling at night. Um, with, but with sparklers. With sparklers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a cryptid, and I, because I, I, everything is just by the seat of my pants today. The eating yeah. the two bags of popcorn really took up a lot of time. Yeah, um, I imagine. But in um, the Congo River Basin in Africa. There is a legend of, it's called the Mokeli Mbembe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've heard of it. Yeah. Basically, what you have is more of a, um, like, mammalian Loch Ness monster, but in Africa. Yeah. Um, um, oh, listeners, that is M-O-K-E-L-E hyphen mbe mbe yes mokele mbembe yes and i watched i literally watched videos and was like don't mess up how you pronounce this and then i messed up how i pronounced it um so it's described as basically looking like a long-necked dinosaur like a a brachiosaurus or whatever Mm -hmm. um and in some versions of it, it's very aggressive and has sharp teeth and will eat you. In other um, encounters, it's basically just like not bothered. It's just there. Um, but what really gets my goat about this one is it's like you have all these like peoples that have lived there for generations, right? And they yeah. all have the exact same story of a long-tailed long neck giant reptilian creature living in the river Mm -hmm. which when you describe it your first thought is hey that's just a dinosaur but all of these like white explorers were like absolutely impossible like there's no way that that there could be a living remnant um We've said that's not you, possible. Right. So not you, possible. You native people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Let let us take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take exactly. this back to the lab. They're all I know that there's hundreds of you that have had an experience, but because <laughs> I'm white and I said the dinosaurs all died, you're wrong and all you're seeing is either a hippo or an elephant. And I'm like I feel like if the people living there that live on the same continent as elephants and hippos, like, I feel like they would know what that looks like and maybe not mix that up with something like four times the size of it with distinctive features. Hmm. Um, I'm pulling this up. I was really very, I, I genuinely spent about an hour and a half on my Muppet and. Uh, yeah, you were asking me questions. It was a stumper this week. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I did give, I did pick a, a pretty tricky one. It's simple on the surface, but, but tricky. Um, yeah, so my cryptid was something that I was going to do the very first one, but I was like, the, like the only reason not the only reason but one of the reasons it's like interests me is the fact that it's literally like you have all these people that are like 
hey, oh yeah, that's just the dinosaur that lives in the river. And then white man was like, mm, false. Right. So really, white people just aren't that fun. Could be. Could be. I mean, yeah, I would... I feel like generally white people, including myself, like let's keep our let's keep our mitts out of uh, out of African folklore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like learn about it, but don't like. Hmm, I've got a <laughs> I've got a, a a thrilling new interpretation that only I. <laughs> Yeah, that only I could have could come up with. <laughs> only I am capable of properly identifying this creature. When it's like, homie, you just discovered dinosaurs within the last hundred years. These people have been living with this thing in the river for generations. You know, once again, once again, I have all my Ningen information on standby. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a funny bit where every week I say, you know, I was going to talk about the Ningen. But. But, I, I, well, I was just looking at the uh, Mokulmbembe. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw down at the, I saw a familiar friend down in the, uh, in the, in the sea also section. Uh-huh. The Mushushu. Um. Uh, that is M U S H U S S U, and both of those S's have a little carrot on top that I believe makes them pronounce "mush." That is some very smart pronunciation. I'm not positive about that. That's how it works in Sanskrit. I don't know if that's how it works in Akkadian. If we ever go to Egypt, I want you with me. Uh, <laughs> that that'll be our uh our one one year uh anniversary special will be yes let's go to egypt um so uh the mushushu is uh a it's like a dragon kind of thing mm-hmm. um but it's also kind of like a chimera mm-hmm. um you can look at it it's basically like imagine a dog but it but it's a lizard and sometimes it has wings Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has wings, but usually it's just a dog, uh, a dog, but with lizard, but with but make it a lizard, and um, they are the uh, they're not. I wouldn't call Mushushu's a um, a cryptid. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there are any like sightings. They're more of a creature from mythology, mm-hmm. um, which we love. Yeah. And they're best known to me, at least, um, as uh, as the like the sacred animal, the the attendants. It's like the pet, kind of like the pet mm-hmm. of Marduk. Marduk is the chief god, like the top dog in uh, in Mesopotamian um, mythology, specifically. Um, specifically uh 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 babylonian um he marduk's temple is in babylon mm-hmm. uh and uh, the temple is called the esagila if you want to look up the esagila 
But uh, Marduk and his pet Mushushu, um, or servant, I don't know, depends on how you see that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Marduk is a, a pretty great dude with, uh, I believe, eight eyes and eight ears and um, like super strong and way better than his dad and even better than his grandma, grandpa. Um, and in the, in the, uh, in the Babylonian epic of creation called the Enuma Elish, mm-hmm. uh, he defeats in single combat Tiamat, a, a, a sea. I mean, she's basically, she basically is the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's kind of like a, she's sort of dragon-like. Um, and she has a duel with Marduk. And Marduk wins. And in part, thanks to his good friend, the Mushushu, who's a, who's a dog, but with a snake. That's I, all I've got to say about that. <laughs> I, I'm looking at, it's like the, like the stone carving that would have been on a wall. Yeah. And... I believe I saw that uh, when I went to New York, they had like a step into like Babylon or Mesopotamia and they had um, Mm. like two pillars that were like, would have been the entrances to somewhere. And I think that those were on it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're very common in uh, Babylonian iconography. So it really, uh, I feel like somebody, I feel like a king probably died, right? And mm-hmm. then his like six-year-old son inherited the throne and was like, by the way, there's a new entity and he's a dog, but he's a lizard. And sometimes he has wings and like all of the peoples of the land just had to be like, all right, we got to go with this. You're right. And he's like, and decorate, decorate the gate, mm-hmm. decorate the city gate. With a bunch of these dudes. Yeah. And it's like he just kept adding on to it. He was like, and then there was this lady, but she was the sea. And then like Mar- Marduk had a duel, but then like my dog lizard with wings, you know? Yeah. I'm really sorry if anyone like, if this is. Well. Well, it's mythology. It is. It is mythology. I don't know. Definitely, if one of my students uh, wrote that on their exam, I would probably say, you're going to need a source for that, buddy. But this is a podcast. Well, I, I you and I both enjoy like Greek mythology and stuff. And uh, I recently saw this lady on social media that was actually flipping her lid that people were excited over the percy jackson like like what's going on with the books and like the new show or whatever because she was like you're using my gods as your entertainment and these are my Uh. my deities that i do whatever work for and you're using the name and i was like yo lady yeah famously famously stories about deities are never used it cannot be used as entertainment yeah the greeks the greeks were huge about this do not use our gods for entertainment don't yeah. look over at that theater over there 
that's for <laughs> that's, that's for ritual purposes only educational purposes only and <laughs> i was just like lady i know we all went through a greek mythology phase but like you took it too serious yeah i i've i've heard of that it's like it's a branch of neo neo paganism yeah uh or like i forget what they call it like greek greek paganism or something um i, I just don't know. i mean good good for them but I don't, yeah. I don't know if you should get mad at percy ja <laughs> percy jackson for for that if anything uh, made kids interested in it yeah all you're doing is making me want to make you cry was I, well now i'm curious because i was not i was pretty detached from the from um from like christian upbringing was there a big anti oh yes uh, veggie tales movement oh um... like how dare you make jesus christ our lord our savior the son of god see a, I a baby asparagus I wasn't in that side of like, how dare you make, yeah, baby Jesus and asparagus. It was more like, oh, Veggie Tales is not biblically accurate because it's like uh, they, when it was the story about the flood, they had the vegetables get on a boat when biblically it wasn't a boat, it was an ark. And then mm. it was more like, this isn't historically accurate as opposed to right. you, made, you made the son of God a vegetable. Mm. well maybe that's going to be my thing from now on is that i'm going to be the person who's mad at veggie tales now you know i don't what? know really anything about veggie tales but i feel like that puts me in the prime position to to make this the thing that i hate yeah if anything um it's good to hate something that you actually don't know anything about because then you win every argument. Right. You cannot persuade me with facts and logic you or even really emotions. You can't, there's no avenue for persuading me um, about how this, this little tomato man is a devout model, a model citizen of Christ. Yeah. Um, because to me, he's just a filthy tomato. Yeah, if Fuck anything, that, that should have been Satan, right? Yeah. Also, absolutely. Is Satan ever depicted in VeggieTales? I'd like to watch that episode. Let's see. Dark side of Google. Show me VeggieTales Satan. No. No. <laughs> no. There's there's nothing worth looking at here. There's there nothing sure worth isn't. <laughs> None of these results uh, have enriched my life. I hate VeggieTales even more now. I am not liking this. Uh, listeners, don't bother. Um, <laughs> should we move on to epithets? If you like. Any final statements? Um, I'm really still just looking at Satan VeggieTales, but I'm listening to you. <laughs> Okay, we'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> Close the window. <laughs> Let's see. So I, uh, listeners, have just completed 
uh, well, I haven't completed yet. I've got a final exam on Friday. Um, but I have completed a paper for a class on Virgil's Aeneid. Now, Virgil doesn't, I wouldn't say he goes like super hard on the epithets compared to Homer, compared to Hesiod, compared to Bacchylides. Ooh, I should use some Bacchylides epithets. Those are fun. Um, mark that down for next time. Look at Bacchylides. Okay. Um, but uh, Virgil, the, the author of the Aeneid, does have some some epithets that are very simple on their face but are actually pretty uh pretty intense when you get down to the nitty-gritty so the epithet epithet i wanted to share if you've ever taken a class on the aeneid listeners you probably know what i'm going with it is pius aeneas aeneas is aeneas the main character and his most common epithet is pius p-i-u-s it's very much like the English word pious. Um, but it's not just like religiously devout. It's also, um, he's a very, it's, it means loyal. You observe your obligations to your family and your state and your gods. You do your job. You do what you were put on this earth to do. And Aeneas is the most pious of them all. Or is he? Because throughout the poem of the Aeneid, especially in the first half of the Aeneid, um, this, this guy sometimes doesn't seem so pious to me. Now, I don't know about you. I definitely was scratching my head the first time he left his wife, abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, but I was definitely scratching my head the second time he did it. For sure. And both times, he's like, man, I really hate to do this, but God said I had to. What are you going to do? So, Pius. Pius is an epithet that I would define as loyal, dot, 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 but to whom? This by far was the most challenging one you've given me and I, I am not exaggerating from the moment I got home at like 145 all the way up until 301 when you were like I'm ready whenever I the struggle and when maybe, I can I interject one, quickly quickly yes. maybe this says something about the Muppets maybe this says there is no piety among the Muppets. Go Which on. in turn infers that there's no God. <laughs> the, Mu the Muppets are godless creatures. Okay, carry on. Sorry um, to interrupt. No, no. Uh, number one, I'm glad to know that it's pronounced... Say it one more time. Uh, Pius. No. I don't know. You can say Pius. No, no. His, his name. Oh, Aeneas. 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 I was very afraid that it was not pronounced like that. Well, <laughs> do your best. Yeah, I mean, most people say Aeneas. I think it's properly Aeneas, but... I was really afraid it was going to be Anus, to be honest. I mean, you could say Anus. That would be funny. It'd be a good bit. Jot that down for our traveling theater show. 
Um, but also when I was looking him up, something I read, and I want to know if you agree with this, is he does things that are, like, for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the moment, it's pretty poopy, like, leaving both his wives, but, like, it's for the greater goods of the will of the gods, right? Yeah, that's definitely the positive. That's the, the optimist angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, scholars have been it's not so much of a thing anymore, but definitely about like 50 years ago, this was a big debate of like, is Aeneas a good dude or a, or a bad dude? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the situation is basically Aeneas was a character from the Trojan war who'd been around for centuries and centuries. And his shtick is that he survives the Trojan war and he goes to found Rome sort of kind of he doesn't actually found rome he founds like another city that later gets moved to rome but basically consider him the founder of rome so the this poem is all about aeneas making his way from troy to rome and he's constantly like and it's written by a roman Mm -hmm he's constantly like man traveling sucks fighting sucks i hate going to war but god says i have to god is like listen aeneas you gotta go to italy you gotta go to rome and found rome because in 800 years there's gonna be an empire Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be off the hook Mm -hmm. it's gonna be the biggest the biggest show in town but only if you do this. So that's sort of the, the, the deal is that there is this sort of impression that, yeah, it's for, it's for the greater good. And by the greater good, it is, it's for the benefit of the, the growing empire of Rome. Mm -hmm. That's a long answer. No, no, no. That's good. Because I, the, the more, you know, so who I, think fits this is actually the the one of the shadiest sleaziest muppets um a very dirty raunchy nasty um king prong named pepe um and what made me think about this was is like you said the loyalty but to who because it's like his family would be the rest of the Muppet characters so it's like mm-hmm. um, he does stuff that it's like for example I'm trying to I lost my place I want yeah I want to know everything about Pepe the King Prawn so Pepe the King Prong is um, he started out as like a little like side character but he got super popular so he's a four-arm jumbo or sorry a four-arm king prawn um big shrimp uh but he oh i'm learning from the wiki he does not like that you would have got smacked right then (laughs) okay Um, i'm learning quick (laughs) he thinks he's destined for hollywood um he thinks he's very smooth with the ladies especially he's always hitting on all of the women and mm-hmm. the loyalty aspect to me um, 
came in from what is the movie called? I think it's just called a very a, a very Muppet Christmas. Maybe. Where did it You're go? the Muppets expert here. I cannot help you with this one. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, a very Muppet Christmas. It's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Yeah, so basically that's a spoof on It's a Wonderful Life where like Kermit has like a crisis of like not being able to take care of the theater and and affect his Muppet family and so then they show him like oh this is what it would have been like if you weren't around or whatever. You weren't, yeah, okay. Um but the plot line of that is Pepe is the theater owes the bank money. And the banker's new wife is like, hey, my husband died. And the contract that you had with him that, like, it's fine that we didn't get paid um, was never in writing. And you owe me by Christmas Eve. And if you don't do it, then I'm seizing the theater and turning it into a nightclub. And Pepe sees this lady named Rachel Bitterman played by John mm-hmm. Cusack, so super hottie, okay. and immediately falls in love with her. And she's like, you know, if you ever want to work for salary, let me know. And Pepe is like, what's that? Is that monies? And she goes, yeah, it's monies. If you ever want to work for monies and not stardust, let me know. So he's immediately like smitten with her. And, you know, he's, and Kermit's like, where are you going? And he's like, sorry, Kermit, like, I don't want to leave, but I got to go work for monies. So um, mm-hmm. he leaves his little Muppet family, like struggling to figure out what to do to make all that money uh, to yeah. go be with Rotten Bitterman. Yeah, I keep Rot- wanting to say Rotten, Rotten- Born from the, Am- from the Johnny Depp trial, but it's Bitterman. Uh, Rotten-, Rotten Rachel Bitterman. Yes. Um, and he thinks that like, she loves him but he she's really just using him for information like he keeps all the paperwork for the Muppets and do the Muppets know that he has their only copy of the contract and she's just very mean and unkind and like shoves him through the little small scale replica of the new nightclub and like doesn't show him in any affection and he finds out that she is planning on um, changing their deadline to when they owe money from midnight on Christmas Eve to 6 p.m. And all of a sudden, he like feels like like he has to go back and help his Muppet family. Like oh. his sense of loyalty kicks in, so he goes back. And he tries to tell Kermit and Kermit doesn't like listen that well at first. And then he has to like make Kermit hear him out and show him that she was sneaky and she changed the contract to 6 p.m. And then when they're like, we have to start the show, like who's the first act? Um, the uh, One of the Muppets is like, Kurt, uh, Kermit, it was supposed to be you. So Pepe goes on stage instead and like, tries to be a good opening act like to really get the crowd going and Mm -hmm. like basically like he went off for bitterman but then like out of loyalty to his family after learning that they were going to get screwed over um he went back to try and save the day with kermit 
Okay, so he's he's got a he's perhaps got a heart. Maybe. Debatable. Mm -hmm. He's perhaps got some awareness of social obligations. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean that the specifics of the story don't line up perfectly, but you know what? I think that is a great answer. I struggled to find anything because but you did it in my Google searches for Muppets who are pious, uh, loyal Muppets, uh, Muppet religious Muppets, God fearing Muppets, all my Google searches, nothing popped up. There are none. There are no, no God fearing Muppets on this earth. There are not. God gives his hardest his, his hardest battles to his bravest Muppets. We're all brave Muppets in the end. So yeah, he's he's shady and he's raunchy and he's definitely not God fearing, but he does have that sense of loyalty um, after trying to get with a lady to go back and help his Muppet family. Mm -hmm. So he 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 likes he likes women but at the end of the day when it gets down to the you know when the rubber meets the road mm -hmm. he he's he's all about the social order yes that is i would i would say that you have found probably the best possible muppet for this uh for this comparison to aeneas pius pepe the king prawn protagonist of um a very muppets aeneid yes a very virgilian muppet story now can i tell you something that i learned in my vigorous research for this i wish you would you there is on muppet wiki a entry for jesus christ <laughs> jesus christ redirected from jesus and what I learned is there's a movie called Elmo's World Happy Holidays where they have a baby Jesus played by uh -huh. um, And where is it? Oh, my God. There, I read that there is a Muppet nativity scene in displayed somewhere uh i'm seeing doc's nativity mm -hmm. um that is what i'm seeing on the muppet wiki page for jesus christ but there is the natasha plays the baby jesus in almost world happy holidays yes let's see a very a very i mean that's a very progressive take on on the nativity yeah have, i just never jesus played by natasha i would have never in my entire life thought that i could go on muppets with wikipedia and type in jesus christ and get a hit on there that's absolutely insane well not enough not 
should be getting more hits if the Muppets knew what was what awaited them um, in the afterlife. Uh, there is apparently Mama Mama Fiamma mm-hmm. has a crucifix. Yes. So maybe there is one God fearing Muppet. Now, what this implies. Yes. If there's a God in the Muppets. And there is. There but only, only Mama Fiamma worships. What about Satan? Now we're gonna we're 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 back to Satan Veggie Tales, and now we're doing Satan the Muppets. I feel like I'm gonna get put on the black. Uh, the devil does oh. have a page on the Muppet um, Wiki. <laughs> excuse me. This uh, is far worse than Kirby's feet. <laughs> is it? Oh. I see. Well, I like that it's it's Muppet Wikipedia, but the start, like the beginning of the entry, is like a dead ass. It just explains what the devil is. And so, for for all of the people coming to the to the Muppet Wiki who have never heard of the devil, here's the rundown: the devil is, in many cultures, the central embodiment of evil, usually referenced as a rebellious demon who is the enemy of God. Who? Where does that link to? Muppetfandom.com slash wiki slash the boss. Oh, it's Whoopi Goldberg. I see. God in a, it's a very very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Yeah, that's who the angel goes and talks to. That right. So the parallel with It's a Wonderful Life would say that Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg is is playing the role of God here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Kermit says the same thing on the view. <clears throat> Very excellent. So Whoopi Goldberg is is God, and the devil is played by Jerry Nelson, and is looks looks like a razzle dazzler of the highest order. This is um, amongst his many names. He's been called Satan, the Prince of Darkness, Beelzebub, Lucifer, Mephistopheles, most commonly the devil. Wow. And I'm he's not... in episode 420 of The Muppet Show. Truly, it is the devil's lettuce. It really is the devil's lettuce. <laughs> well, this has yeah. been a blast. It has been a Baja blast of an episode. A very religious episode. Well, we're a pious folk. We are. Um, this is the most pious podcast you'll find on Spotify. If you're looking for some God-fearing content, this is the podcast for you. And what's this podcast called? Colin M. Die. Typo included. Thank you and good night. Good night.